episode of Home is Where the Art is originally aired on the 11th of May 2020 on Calon FM. Music and stamps have been removed, but if you want to hear the playlist, you can still find that on our Spotify account. And if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe for new episodes every Monday at 6pm and repeat classic throwback episodes like this one every Friday at 6pm. Now I'll hand you over to Emily for this fantastic conversation with fabric sculpture artist, um, puppet maker uh, Louise Evans, also known as the Felt Mistress, and illustrator Jonathan Edwards. There is some intermittent uh, Zoom-related audio interference on this show, uh, but it's still a cracker, so I hope you enjoy it. So hey guys, it is Monday. You are listening to Home is Where the Art is. Um, I've got no co-host today. It's just me um, with guest. So you'll have to just bear with me a little bit. Um, if you want to get involved with the show, you can message us on Facebook, Home is Where the Art is, Calon FM. Tweet us at H-I-W-T-A-I-C. Or you can message us on Instagram at H-I-W-T-A-I-1. Um, so Home is Where the Art is abbreviated for those who are just a bit lost with all of these letters that I'm shouting out at people. Um, also, you can email us if you've got anything that you want to share on the show or if you want to uh, be on the show and have a talk about your art, your creativity or anything that you do in the mediums of any forms of art, um, then get involved with us on H-I-W-T-A-I at uh, calonfm.com as well. So, right, <laughs> we have got some guests. Tell us a bit about yourself, Jonathan and Louise. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I've worked as an illustrator for God, getting on for 30 years, or 27, 25, 27 years. Um, I used to do mostly stuff for editorial, did a lot for The Guardian, still mm-hmm. do work for The Guardian. Uh, I've worked for drawing comics, I've done stuff for animation, for film. Um, and then about, how long has it ago? 10 years ago, we started just doing stuff together for... Just, just for fun. Just for fun, really, really, because Louise was from a completely different background. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I studied fashion, so all my background was clothing and sewing things, uh, making wedding dresses, bizarre stuff like that. And I started to collaborate with Jonathan on some figures that, you know, making figures from fabric. And it just sort of escalated. And then when I, could, when I got the chance to swap brides to make monsters full time... <laughs> It was a no-brainer. <laughs> um, and so I've been making sort of 3D fabric sculptures, characters for, I would say, probably 10, how many, full-time now? How yeah. Long? 10 years T- At so. least 10 years yeah. full, as a full-time yeah, job. Yeah, as a full-time yeah. job. So quite hard to describe, really. But after the spring, I do the sewing. So that's probably... Yeah, it was a weird avenue that we didn't expect to go down and we never thought we'd be able to, you know, it'd, it'd lead to what it did, but it's been, it's been good. It's yeah. been very, I'm having to fun. pinch myself and thinking, do I do this for a living? I really yeah. do this. So, I mean, it's been, my, my work's been used as um, music videos, magazine, you know, fashion shoots. Um, we do an awful lot of exhibitions um, around the world. So um, we did the window displays for Selfridges Christmas window. So that was yeah. the, that was the big break that yeah. when I sort of realised oh I can actually do this uh, as as a job. Um, so yeah, so it's all good fun. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, so uh, there's there's a few bits and pieces there that are, are going to be more of what I would like um, a bit more elaboration on as well. Really, um, I, they're not in order. My questions, which I probably should have numbered them, but there we go. <laughs> this is this is the whole point of my show. It's just all a bit 
back to a left, right and centre. Um, so you were both saying that you've got slightly different styles and slightly different um, projects and such like that. Um, but you have, again, come together and done a few bits and pieces. I've also been at a few of your workshops where we've made little monsters ourselves and, and then had our faces drawn as monsters as well. It's been phenomenal. Um, but I do want to pull up, and if you could tell us a bit more about um, the dragon in the arcade for in Cardiff just around Christmas, because I think that's probably the most recent thing that I've seen and people might have seen in, in the flesh before everything went down. <laughs> well, um I've got a friend called Gavin who, who, who lives in Cardiff and he's very good at organising these things. And I think he'd sort of suggested to Cardiff, was it to visit Cardiff? Or oh, I should get it right, really. Yeah, one of the visit Cardiff. One of the Cardiff. <laughs> Tourists, oh, I, yeah. You know, I um, about doing an advert calendar for Christmas so that mm -hmm. all empty shops would then open up. There'd be numbers, there'd be sort of um, vinyls on the window that then could be unveiled to show various artworks. Um, and I know he'd got Pete Fowler on, on board to do a lot of artwork for them. And then he, I just got this email out of the blue, as I do saying, you know, <laughs> can you make a dragon? So it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, so, we, so we, we, we made, I made a seven foot dragon, which was going to be in the, it, like, as you said, in one of the arcades in Cardiff. And then I think it was the 20, gosh, again, I can't remember which date I had. It was the 18th or something, something like that, like December, that, yeah. that, that then the window vinyls are taken off and then you can yeah. see this, this dragon. Um, and so I was going to say it's the biggest piece I've made, but it isn't the biggest piece I've made because I did make the hugger for the Millennium Centre in, in, in Cardiff and he was probably a little bit bigger than he's the He's about nine feet, yeah. ten feet, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but he's pretty big. And so that's, then you've got to try and work out the logistics of making something that big. I can't just okay. fill it stuffing like I can, you know, anything on a smaller scale. So I always get my dad involved. He's a, he's, he's very good. He's a carpenter. So he helps me make some sort of wooden frame as well, which helps it to be a little bit secure because obviously mm -hmm. many people would want to have their photographs taken with it and wants to yeah. get them close with it. So it has to be relatively stable. I can't just, you know, topple over on people. But yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. And that, that, I, that had God, yards upon yards of, uh, of wool felt made in that and most of my work is is hand finished so I do a mm -hmm. lot of hand sewing so I think that took quite a while um, to do but yeah it was it was such good fun and then we did a workshop as well as part mm -hmm. of that and, and uh, you know it had some nice Christmas music it was quite nice Aww. back in the day when we were allowed to yeah, go when we, down. <laughs> <laughs> when we were allowed to have gatherings and things yeah so it's great um but with with that you know it is lovely to to see and when people can get involved with the stuff that you do, it is, it's inspiring and it is very much, you know, it's a lot of fun as well. You make it very fun um, and doing something completely different through art. And I love that. However, I've both, um, I've seen from both of your uh, social media bits and pieces that you're still doing stuff at the moment. So Jonathan, you're doing your, um, your comic strip based stuff. And then Louise, you've been doing little creations. Well, I say little, they don't look very little. but. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big nightmare for me. I can't control scale whatsoever. I like to work big. I think because a lot of I do a lot of, I do make a lot of clothes for the for the characters that I make, and so I like to keep the methods the same as you would if you were if you're making clothes for for humans. Because obviously I'm trained that way. Mm -hmm. so I want to use the same. So so the scale scaling it up, they tend to be quite big. Otherwise, it's really hard to line a jacket if it was on miniature scale or so, use a zip or, or use a yeah. zip. You know, I want them to look as accurate as clothing as I can. So I tend to work quite big. So I suppose average size of things I make, probably about a metre tall. 
you know, those are just the, you know, yeah. you can see online are probably about a meter tall and then when they get bigger. But it's such an ongoing joke that I, you know, make these things and then I have to suddenly post them to places for exhibitions and then sort of scouting around to find a box big enough because I've made the legs really long. Yeah. <laughs> like that. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. I like to I like to work on that scale. And so it's really tr- keep say, telling myself, try and make something really small, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same effect. Um, Jonathan, with your challenge, are you literally giving it to the people to for you to ins- have inspiration or to? Yeah, it was um, it was a social media thing anyway. I didn't start it. It was oh, okay. it was something called Six Fan Art, and I noticed a few people were doing it, mm-hmm. and it was people suggesting for you to draw either characters or celebrities. And I said, oh, I'll do six, but I had so many good recommendations. That I ended up doing it about how many did I do in the end? Five or six pages of them. So, but they were inspired. The people I was getting to draw, you know, everyone yeah. from um, characters from Studio Ghibli to Dolly Parton to uh, who else is there? Muddy Waters, Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreations. Yeah, mm. they, they were so good. I just couldn't stop doing them, and I've got it. People keep sending me lists now, yeah. so widen <laughs> down a bit. I'll do a few more, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think it's um, it was definitely brightening up my um, social media feed with everything. Like, it's been quite inspiring to see how people are using the time to be a bit more creative or um, just having the time to be more creative. Yes. So um, seeing stuff like that and getting people involved, even from afar, and there's still a few projects yeah. happening, um, it's quite it's lovely. And I think it is quite a nice way of getting through all of this. Yes. I've got to keep busy otherwise. I mean, obviously we can't think about planning shows because we don't know how that's going to pan out, you know, at the moment. No. Uh, I need to keep creating. So we, we just, I just thought, well, I'm going to use what fabric I've still got. Um, I mean, I can order some in, but you know, I, I don't know if you, when you're ordering stuff, it's taking a lot longer to arrive because obviously because of um, everybody's having to do stuff um, via courier now. So I didn't want to be relying on, I can't just nip out and buy fabric. So I had to try and work out what I had left in the, in the studio. So, um, thankfully I have a big hoard of fabric because yeah. I am a fabric but, you know holder. limitations are but good limitations, as well yeah so it's quite mm. good to well, no you can only really use those colors because that's all you've got in and had to really think about I mean that's why the last lot of characters I've made some of them have only got shorts on or only got a jacket some of them are sort of like semi-naked yeah. um, <laughs> because uh, you know you're trying to be really economical with the fabrics um when making them but yeah but I have to keep busy because I, if I, I can't otherwise I think I would go you know, go yeah. down quite fast. Like a shark, you've just got to keep yeah, swimming. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> keep, I've got all these six at the moment. I've got, I think I've got five, I think. Or is it six? Five um, so far that are just, I keep trying to find extra room for them because normally they're made for something and then go to a show, but these I've actually got oh, a show. So they're to all go hanging to, around so. the house. Um, and also, we normally try to go out and about to take them, uh, take photographs of them in more exciting mm-hmm. locations. But um, at the moment, they're all just being photographed in the backyard, which I'm just waiting for somebody to say, you need to get weeding in that garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how tidy our backyard is, but, you know, I can't wait to be able to travel, you know, so that we can mm. take them out and about and get them in some more exotic locations. Yeah. But um, that's going to be a while, so. Yeah. Just remember that the dragon, it was for Cardiff. You know, I couldn't remember. Where that's it. it. I keep Cardiff, getting mixed up called... between Visit Wales and for Cardiff. Cardiff yeah. the, the people who, and he actually lives in their office now in Cardiff, so. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So he has a home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did go missing for about a week, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Parcel for his kid. Yeah. Delivering, so. <laughs> oh. 
touching door so that was quite an epic was yeah. Arrive. yeah because he's in three huge big boxes and i think that they had such crazy amount of stock because it was christmas time and they were trying to deliver and then they i think they just kept looking at my three boxes and thinking oh they're too big we won't deliver them this week <laughs> so i chased him for a whole week trying to plead with them to say look it has to be here for this date otherwise mm. it's lot of disappointed you know and then we're children. thinking what do we do just his legs turn up or yeah <laughs> middle his just head wondering or, whether yeah. we could quickly make a mask and make somebody dress up as yeah. a dragon but it all, <laughs> it all worked out in the, end. in the yeah. end but yeah but he he lives if anybody ever goes to the four cardiff offices he actually lives in their offices now so fab <laughs> <laughs> what a way to sort of turn up and that's that would be great yeah. completely different right we'll just cut to a uh, short music break and then we will be back okay so <laughs> um as you can imagine uh, we are still at home doing these interviews and uh, doing these recordings so obviously we weren't on a music break so this is a really weird transition that we have to do every single time but we're here we're happy and we're safe um before the break we still have uh before the break we were talking to jonathan louise and they're still here that's what i'm talking about um you briefly briefly mentioned travel yeah now you're normally all over the shop and all over the country and the world for that matter and i'm quite grateful um that lockdown's happening so i can have this interview with you and you're not all <laughs> over the country or world or wherever um but what i would like to ask is like what what impacts your inspiration with the different locations that you travel to because obviously there's some beautiful pieces of the likes of port Marion here in wales but then you've got some quite Japanese type style of stuff as well. So what, what do you look for and what do you enjoy in that kind of uh, travel and inspiration from the different countries that you go to? Um, for my work, I just like traveling somewhere and just sitting down and drawing. And I even like it as soon as you land at an airport and you can see the road markings are slightly different or the lettering on road signs, everything. As soon as you get somewhere different and you see, you know, different infographics on doors, I love, I love all that. And it's so inspiring. Um, so I've always drawn, when I've been on holiday, even as a child, I always had a sketchbook with me. But the last couple of years, I've tried to make it more um, more of a part of my job and to, to have it more structured. So at the end of the holiday, I've got something I can publish. So that really now is a big part of my career, I suppose. Um, and selling prints and selling books of my sketches is a big part of my income. So now if I go somewhere, I'm thinking about what can I draw while I'm here or reference can mm -hmm. I take while I'm here. Now can I convert that into something when I get home? But also with the Feldmistress work, um, there are so many places where we go where we see people. Like Berlin is a really you know, the good fashion, one. The fashion's different. Mm. Yeah. You know, obviously things like fabrics are different. So yeah. we try to, you know, try to have a certain amount of an influence. But you're just in a different frame of mind, I suppose, when you're on holiday as well, aren't you? Yeah. So, you know... Um, and if you're somewhere where the style of the people is so different, yeah. like I said, Berlin's really good. And we've been to parties in Berlin and we must have come away from that party with inspiration from about yeah. 15 characters. Yeah. And uh, Japan as well is so interested in the way they use clothes and now they wear clothes. So that's always been really good as well. And they so love mascots in Japan. They have mascots, you know, character designs for everything from the police station to, you know, fire service. They all have this cute character to, to sort of as, as a, like a branding on things. So it's it, it, everywhere you look, even if you pass a police station and they've got wanted posters, mascots for everything. So like even the police station, it's, um, 
you know, when they've got wanted, well, what would be the equivalent to wanted posters or various criminals that are sort of trying to scam or whatever, and they've got the photographs of them. And then they've got this really cute little, what's his name? Um, uh, Pipo Kun. Pipo Kun. And he's this little, I mean, if you Google Japanese yeah. police mascot for this photograph, this really cute thing that's sort of surrounding the, yeah. you know, the edges. Yeah, these hardened criminals. You know, and, they're all, and it's like something as serious as that, but they do have this cute mascot, um, you know, and he dresses up to tell kids about, you know, the police force and things like that. And so they're really, really, um, it's so easy to go there and to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to go there and take photographs of your characters out and about as well, because you're big, you know, um, meter and a half character and you're trying to take a photograph by a bus stand I sometimes get funny looks whereas I think in Japan they sort of go oh well there's somebody photographing a character there that's perfectly normal yeah <laughs> so it's um yeah so it's really inspiring you know to have I think we've lost you again oh, no. everything in Japan has a mascot yeah so wherever you look there's characters and we've spoken to people in Japan and when they've they've been like Westerners working there and when they've been adapting Japanese websites for Western audiences, they can't quite get their head around the fact that the Western audiences don't want the mascot. And it's like, well, right. you know, it's yeah, so it's like, well, it's a funeral director, yeah. a dentist, but everywhere in Japan has a mascot. Has a mascot. And I think they, they, they sort of accept that. It doesn't really have to be, so we tend to do mascots if it's something to do with kids or want to market yeah. to children. Or like but, a football or mascot. A football, yeah. Or perhaps, football, like I said, football mascots probably one of, you know, yeah. one of the strange ones, but they have mascots for everything. Police stations, fire services, you, yeah. know, you name it, there's mascots. Yeah, the so it's tax a lot office more, will have one and you know, yeah. the hospice will have a mascot, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot, it's a lot easier to go out there and, you know, and um, not nobody to blink and, uh, if you're photographing a you know a, a meter tall figure yeah. Outside, yeah people just sort of go oh, oh, right. that's yeah, perfectly normal enough. whereas perhaps here i might get a few a few funny looks if i'm yeah. taking a big character out i mean i i take a couple of the characters out to the woodlands to um you know to take photographs of them there and i have them in this bag and you have to make sure that it's people sort of carrying to start with it looks like you're carrying a child it's like you know you have to make sure that <laughs> Oh, you're not trying to carry somebody into the woods or whatever, but it, it's um, it, it's and we get dog dog walkers, sort of dogs running up to us and looking yeah. as if to say, "What's that? What's yeah. that?" You know, uh, when you're photographing, not no dog has run off or cocked his leg up or anything. No, like that. But yeah, no, it's, so it's uh, but no, Japan is again, and it's just fabric buying and things mm. like that, which you know, and obviously, um, it just it makes it more exciting if I can pick up some fabrics and then use them when I get back home to make things, but. But no, we, we could talk about Japan all day long. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we'd become Japan boys because yeah. we love it so much. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, we love traveling. And so it's, it's just so nice to be in somewhere different, like Jonathan says, looking at different, different, you know, different road signs or different fashions or, you know. Yeah, um, different architecture. Yeah, just everything. And then just, you know, soaking it all in and then coming back and making some stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Right, we'll just cut to, well, eventually, after we've had all of these technical difficulties, we'll cut to a music break and come right back. Okay, so uh, we're back again after the music break. Um, What I was looking at or hoping to sort of talk about next is um, what was the most memorable uh, collaboration work that you've done? Because you... I see that you do a lot of commission work and obviously you do stuff together as well, but what from an outside collaborative thing would you say was the most enjoyable that you, that almost memorable? Uh, well, I did, 
I got approached by uh, Griff Rees from the Superhero Animals, um, along with Pete Fowler, to work on the film American Interior with them. They wanted me to make um, a, a, a guy called. It's about it's about a guy called John Evans who who travelled to America. Um, and there's no photographs of him, um, you know. Oh, 1790. No, 1790, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they wanted something that would represent him so that when Griff was doing this tour, following his footsteps and researching into it, he had something to take with him which represented John Evans. Um, and so it started off as, well, yeah, we, and then I ended up making this metre-foot-tall figure and he became quite a big part of the film. So that was the first time that I'd actually been in a you know a movie trailer um, yeah. and stuff like that so that was really really exciting and obviously I was a big fan of the Super Furry Animals and Griff anyway so when I got an email saying do you think Louise you know do you think it said um I think Pete forwarded it to me and I think it said do you think Feltmistress would like to be involved and it was like what because I would like you know <laughs> so it was really that was really exciting so that was great because obviously and then the album came out and he was on the album cover so that was crazy for me to see that mm -hmm. And again, the film is quite emotional. So, you know, all in all, um, that, that was really exciting. But I mean, there's so, so many... Um... The weird thing about John Evans as well was he had a life after the film and we kept seeing so many photographs of people with their arms around him. Yeah, and we were on a flight back from Holland. Was it Holland? Yeah. And there's some people sitting behind us and I could hear him speaking. I said to Louise, there's somebody speaking Welsh behind us. I'm sure there is. And then I could just pick out somebody saying uh, Griff Rees. And John Evans. And John Evans. And then... And they were saying about, I could hear him saying that their in-laws had a photograph of him, or, you know, what I do understand a Welsh, because I'm not a Welsh speaker. But, um, and then I turned around, I said, excuse me, you didn't just mention John Evans and Griff Rees. And she said, yes, yes, we did. And I said, oh, this is, Louise made him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. my son and daughter have got a photograph on the wall taken with him. Yeah, I still get email. I mean, yeah, I, it's so actually, weird. I got one this week from from somebody asking me where he is, like what happened to John Evans. I said, well, he's actually back in Wound Vaur. Um, oh, right. He's got a small museum. Oh, I think it's like a one-room museum to John Evans because obviously that was his birthplace. And the last I knew that he's he's there, so I don't know if anybody um, you know if anybody wants to see him, but I don't know where the museum is. Mm. It's, it's a tiny place anyway, yeah. so I'm sure if you but ask Pete around. made that incredible shrine mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he was sitting in his like his little throne in the middle of the shrine, so yeah. it deserves to be on display yeah. somewhere. I think because because mm. during the filming of that, we we went to the last day of filming, um, and we were up the top of a mountain just in Wanvaur, um and the wind was blowing, and I'd made some flags as well, and they were like blowing crazily, and they were filming the last. Um, I think it was like the funeral. Yeah, it was, it was like a New Orleans style funeral procession. Yeah, yeah. for. On Evans, and then they put them in this, put him in the shrine, and and so to be part of that made it feel as though you're part of the film as well. So that was just an amazing oh, day. What a day! You know? Yeah, um, we spent the day with them doing that. So that was pretty. I kept having to pinch myself and thinking, "Am I doing this? Am yeah. I really? Is this really happening?" But um, yeah, but we've done. I mean, we did another. We we did a residency in Japan. We were there for six weeks as well, and we headlined a, an art festival. Um, and that was weird because they were they'd asked us for footage of our all the different characters that we've made and things we worked while we were there as well because um, mm -hmm. we had studio space but they were projected on the side of a building in Osaka and so while the festival was going on I just went out, I had to just have a minute and go out on the street because it was really hot and you know as you can imagine because there was music playing and stuff and just to see the things on the side of the building from the outside and I just had a little cry so <laughs> Um, that was a pretty emotional um, 
for me, you know, that was pretty... And they'd asked us on our first day in Japan when we arrived, it was, um, we were so sort of jet-lagged and sweaty. And the woman who was sort of um, looking after us while we were there, she said, oh, I've just got to go and drop. They asked us to make a figure before we went there. Um, And they said, just keep it undressed so then we can give it to somebody and they can dress it as a collaboration. So on the first day there, we turned up at these offices of a fashion designer and of course they were all immaculate and didn't seem you seemed impervious to the humidity. We've been up for twenty seven <laughs> hours and like it, and, and again it was really, really humid and really hot, which I'm not really good at anyway. So we were just big sweaty messes going into this immaculate sort of yeah. design studio to meet all these people who were so so lovely. Yeah. But there was a graphic designer, a makeup artist, a photographer and a fashion designer. And then on the collaboration, we'd been there six weeks, and at the end of the six weeks. Um, they showed us the photograph. So they dressed the model that Louise had made in a fabric which was covered in like a, a kimono fabric, but the design on it was my drawings repeated. And then they'd made one so the kimono was... They give the fabric to Louise so she can make a kimono for this. But mm-hmm. then they dressed the model, a human model, in the same fabric. Wow. And made it... Because the because the, the, the doll that I made had got sort of um, black fake fur hair, um, in, in sort of like a high ponytail, but quite wild, and they'd done the same to the to the model as well, so that they sort of looked like they were a set. Um, but they'd was, done this fashion shoot, and the photographs were yeah. just, and we just didn't expect yeah. anything like that. So at having all. that sort of thing, because we didn't really know what we were getting into. It was that thing where we knew we were going there to do a music, you know, to, to headline this art festival and to spend that, spend time there working, so that yeah. we get a chance to absorb it all and work there, and that that was great. But then it just so willing to collaborate and so many people came forward and said oh while you're there we'll do this yeah. and we'll do that that it was just you know just unbelievable I mean that was 2011 um and so we were there um the, it was the May after they'd had the big tsunami the earthquake and tsunami yeah. in 2011 so it was a really strange time to be there as well because we, we weren't 100% sure whether we'd even be able to go but um mm-hmm. we managed to we still managed to yeah. go but it was just amazing. That that trip was just great. So and I think that's probably you know had a huge influence on how yeah. we worked when we came back after. And to live in, they gave us a, an empty house to live in in uh, okay. town called the the city's called Nara, which has got I think thirteen UNESCO World Heritage sites in it. So mm-hmm. it's incredibly beautiful, and they've got thousands of wild deer just roaming free there. But okay. we were in a town just outside called Oshikuma which means push bear. So I don't know what the, the we didn't history see, we didn't see any bears. We didn't see any bears. <laughs> but we had this house to ourselves, and the noise of the bullfrogs outside at night was so deafening. On the first night, I thought, I'm not going to be able to sleep through this. Yeah, it was crazy. like the sound of a pneumatic drill, but it was frogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, see, I've got a fear of frogs anyway, so it's like, that would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> my mom, yeah, yeah, they were so loud. Yeah, you got true. used to them after a while. And then it all goes quiet, and then just one starts up again and then yes. sets them all the others off <laughs> but that was strange because the house was empty other than a few obviously there was there was um, a futon and other things there but there wasn't really much they didn't have tv or anything because nobody was living in it because it was the belonged to the parents of, of the people that we were that were organizing the event and so it was really strange because when we came back we didn't have internet as well we could walk down to the bus stop and get internet yeah there was wi-fi further down by the bus stop but where we were living so it was really strange because all we could do when we come back from the studio is either is work or listen to um radio plays that we downloaded while we did have uh, when we did have internet at the studio and so that was really that was quite nice actually because you you know you're so used to having to just coming in and sticking the tv on or sticking some or, yeah. or going online, they're not being able to do that. It, it sort of almost made us absorb 
everything yeah, around was even more. So that was that was really that was really good. Um, yeah, I would have cried if you'd have told me there wasn't a TV in there when I first. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Um, yeah. Um, so are you enjoying, because of obviously not being able to do like all the travel side of stuff, are you enjoying the time at home? Because obviously you've already mentioned that you're using the bits and pieces. So there's a slightly different uh, feel to being at home this time yeah. and uh, using the resources that you've got. But are you enjoying it? Is it bringing different inspiration to you from the travel that you would normally go for? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I think I've done so much more work these last six weeks. Uh, it's strangely, I don't know, I mean, we've just been, because we thought to start with, oh, you know, oh, it'll be fine, we, you know, we can have, we can get loads of books we need to read, we can watch mm -hmm. all those, you know, those uh, box sets that we wanted to watch and stuff, and we haven't really stopped working. No. Um, so it's obviously Strange. been really, yeah. I don't know, I, I can't quite explain it, but really, I've done so much more longer hours in the studio, um, considering that there isn't really anything I have actually have a deadline for mm. um so it's so it's obviously um been good but i think that's just you know just get get on with it don't sort of try and think yeah. about the bigger problems because it's you know, otherwise i think also in the problems. past when we've had sort of advances in what we do um it's been because something's come to an end or like i've always had situations as an illustrator where i've had a lot of art directors who seem to have left at the same time so all of a sudden all your all your regular jobs are gone and you think all right i've got to start again and it's those times where you have to start again mm. is when oh. the good stuff comes yeah and i think as well doing personal work so that there's no and you've got no pressure to sort of think you're not sort of thinking i'm not thinking oh this has to be done for this this person has to like this or has to be suitable for this it's just pure yeah self-indulgence self yeah. um, and I think that's really I don't know whether you just get into the zone easier or, you know the more relaxed but it's just because it doesn't really matter nothing matters you know I can mm. do this character can be anything you want it to be it doesn't really have yeah. to fit anything or to be a certain size or anything and um, you know you, you can fail there's no need yeah and if it's it doesn't, like if it doesn't have nobody, at the end of it. I don't have to show it to anybody if I don't like it as well no. and I think the pressure was suddenly and I think when you've been so busy and you've always had jobs and things that needed to be done not to yeah. have that all of a sudden um you know that's uh, it's I don't know it's quite it's quite refreshing actually it is, yeah. it? you know there's, there's no you know there's no no wrong way of doing it no I suppose um have you found that you're picking up um, maybe a little more of like arts and craftsy side of stuff as well as the usual stuff that you're doing? Or is it now just a more of a, a liberating, uh, sane sort of style that you're going with, if that makes any sense? Well, I, to be honest, I thought I bought a load of, I, I've always been meaning to make a patchwork quilt. I mean, I sew and I don't, I mean, I've never made a patchwork quilt, but obviously because I do a lot of sewing, I thought, well, yeah, I'm sure I can, you know, I can. I can make a quilt but um I've not and that was my plan my plan was because it's going to be quite time consuming while I'm off and I don't have any work to do or at least there's nothing that you know everything has been put on hold of it I'm going to make this quilt but it never I haven't done it yet because I've been doing because I've been doing work <laughs> that I didn't need to do so I did think I was going to have to have like a new hobby mm -hmm. you know um really weird when your job is like a hobby because it is you know because I sew for a living and, and obviously do a lot of stuff that could be seen in that in that way okay. um, it's really hard then to have a hobby because if you stop sewing to then sew it is is straight and the same for Jonathan really because a lot of people paint and things like that whereas it, that's his job so it's weird to know 
what to do um, for downtime. Um, but I, yeah. yeah, I intend to. I did intend to get on board and to do some, make some things. You know, um, have a go at things. I, I bought some. Um, also bought some um, paper clay. You know, air dried clay as well. So that oh. we could have. You know, when we knew we were going to be in for a while, I sort of looked at some other stuff that we could perhaps experiment with. But we've not really stopped doing. No. You know, we really no. Haven't, we yeah. haven't really got to that bit yet. So we could do with another. You know. Yeah. Another six I weeks. I think we'll before. be yeah keep ourselves yeah occupied anyway yeah. definitely brilliant um right so we'll just cut to a, another music break and then we will be back before i got cut off um i was saying that pete fowler is a name that keeps popping up in a lot of your stories um for yeah. the listeners who don't know anything about pete fowler and his artwork and such like that could you describe him and how you are in connection with him and why you collaborate so much with him uh, um well, Pete's oh, Pete's um, lives down in London, but he's um, he's from originally from Cardiff. So, um, and he is, I mean, he's such a lovely guy, so so talented. He's he he's I suppose he's probably most famously known for doing all of the uh, a lot of artwork with the superhero animals, um, but he also does lots and lots of of other stuff. Um, he also does a, he also a really great DJ as well. Um, I think he, I mean, he's probably, uh, Jonathan knew of him a lot longer than me because he's an illustrator, obviously, by trade. Um, And so we started, um, you you sort of knew him through illustration to start with. Um, And then I I first met him because he was doing, um, he was doing a music video with a band called Clinic who from Liverpool. And he wanted to, he'd sort of designed how he wanted the video to look and he wanted somebody to make some puppets for it. So I started to work with him. That was the first um, collaboration we did together, um, and we've done another. We did another. Um, I did another set of puppets for him, which were something that was for a YouTube channel, which was then also used as little what they call interstitials. Interstitials for Cartoon Network as well. So I've worked with Peter quite a lot on stuff, but I think um, I think I mean he's pretty. I mean. He's all over Cardiff as well. If, I mean, if, if, if anybody if anybody ever visits Cardiff, there's a huge big water tower which you can see from the station, mm-hmm. and it's got a huge big wraparound vinyl of Pete's artwork, which is another one of Gavin again, the person that um, who came up with the idea for the dragon. I mean, I think this is one of his ideas as well as mm-hmm. could we put artwork on my like, huge big. So, I mean, I think it is, yeah. Water tower, yeah. I don't know, water tower. So, so I'm sure if um, you know um, people, people who sort of live in Cardiff would have seen Pete's work around. Um, and again, he's been he's been around for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, toy, great. You know, one of the original of the designer toy. Oh. Um, you know, the original of the people who did the designer designer vinyl toys as well. So he was huge in that scene. And again, I'm going to show my age. I can't remember dating now. Is it like the 90s or is it later? I'd say about 98, I, I think. I, I miss a whole yeah. t- I miss the whole decade out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's somebody whose work is is just amazing. And so if you've not seen it, then, you know, I would, I would definitely check out. Um, and he's one of those people who crops up when we go abroad, like we went to somebody's offices in Japan. And we were talking to him and then up on the wall for Pete. So, you know, there there are a few people in your life when you meet and then you realise that all the people you meet tend to know that other person and Pete's one of those. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he's so well-loved, isn't he? 
Well, yeah. I mean, he's such a he's such a lovely guy. So, and he's a, and he's a joy to work with. Like I said, I don't really like to do a lot of collaborate. A lot of people email me. I get a lot of emails from people saying, "Can I? Would you like to collaborate? They've got a character that they'd like to make in three D." And I have to say, I I can't really. I'm not very good at collaborating with people. And yeah, you know, and there's only a certain amount of people that I you know that I think would translate or that I feel I could do, I could do justice to their work. Um, you know, and so uh, Pete's one of the people, and there's another guy called John Bergerman, who's another, he lives in New York at the moment, but he's originally from Nottingham, and um, um, he does all sorts, um, it's hard to describe John again, he's an yeah, illustrator, but he does a lot, he's got a lot of books, and, um, and I'm sure if people have just put John Bergerman into Google, they'd found a million, a million yeah, things, and I've done so, a lot of work with him, so I would say besides Jonathan, obviously, who's the, you know, who we've worked the most with, I think it's John and John and Peter, the two people I've worked with, but I'm really careful on, because just some things just don't translate to felt, and if they yeah. don't, and I don't like to do that thing where I'm quite selfish in the way that if somebody wants to be they send me a drawing or whatever they want to make and then I don't want them to see anything until I finished it and you know and if it works out then it's great but I can't go back and forth and people to say oh could you try it like this because I'm too you know I'm too much of a control freak to to, to not want to you know to let go and if I can't do it my way then I can't do it and it's really it sounds really yeah. you know a normal way to work but it's just that way you know it's just that um you know I can't really, I can't really collaborate that way with somebody. You know, it's, um, it's it probably sounds quite selfish, but it's just. <laughs> and Jonathan again. I mean, I've worked with him for so long, and I know people sort of say, "Oh, how does it work out? How do you decide who's going to do which bit or what happens?" But because we've been together for so long, it's just we sort of, you know, we can tell how each other are thinking. And there's certain things that Jonathan's drawn which he would never think would about making in 3D and then I come across and go, oh my God, look, that's really good. Look, that'd look great, you know. And then there's other times when I sort of have found a piece of fabric or a, te- or a certain sewing technique to sort of, you know, and sort of say, what can we do with this? You know, this would make a really great, you know, I love the way that this the fabric does this or whatever. Um, and so it's it's so easy now because uh, because we sort of, you know, we've, we've sort of, it sounds really corny saying grown together, doesn't it? Yeah, but, um, yeah. You know, creatively, but, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of history now um, with our creative work as well, which um, it, it makes it a lot easier, easier to collaborate. But there's no sort of set. It's not as structured as, you know, this happens, then that's the next stage. It's a yeah. lot more, you know, um, what's the word? Organic. Put, yeah, a lot more organic than that, so... Well, welcome back after the music break. Um, you can tell that it's like when I'm in the middle of recording and I get fed up of saying welcome back to the music break when nothing happens um, on the recording side. Obviously, for you guys listening now, there will be music. So good for you guys. <laughs> but, um, Jonathan, you've done um, a beautiful set of sort of Welsh um, myths and legends as well as obviously capturing... Um, Welsh places like Port Maidon and such like that. I was wondering if you could talk uh, about is Wales uh, an inspiration to you as well, as well as um, what sort of creative process do you go through for the different size of those? Um, They were commissioned by Visit Wales. Um, I can't remember how Visit Wales found me either. Um, but they got in touch one day. I think they'd seen some paintings I've done of... This is probably the Millennium Centre. Prob- yes, yes that's probably right. We did a show in the Millennium Centre in 2013, 2012? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013, I think, called the Hibernation, where uh, we were asked to fill the entire Millennium Centre with paintings and creatures and 
we had from, I think, we were finally, we were commissioned eventually like the end of September or middle of September, and it was installed at the beginning of December. So we produced so much work, really, in that short time. Short time yeah. And um, that's one of those instances where I had to do a lot of paintings and mm-hmm. it had to be big, fill a lot of space, and the stuff that I normally do, I was thinking, well, I don't know, I'm going to do this. So I thought I turned to watercolour. And so much came out of that group of paintings because it was something I hadn't done before. And while I was doing it, I was thinking, oh, this is really interesting. I could do more with this. Yeah. Um, so I think Visit Wales found me then and asked me to do And uh, to go back to the Japan stuff as well, when we went in 2011, um, we spent half the time in this house in Nara and then other times in another part of Nara Prefecture uh, up in the mountains in this farmhouse, which was like a 15, 20 minute drive from the nearest village. Just down little dirt tracks, really sort of not proper roads, as you can imagine. So when we were in this farmhouse, you know, there was nobody around us, but there were so many bits of it that reminded me of Wales. Yeah. And it was okay. so strange driving through Japan and we'd see these bits and I was thinking, God, this could be like yeah. Clamberis or somewhere. It was so odd. Wow. So when we came back, we were very keen to do something about the relationships between Wales and Japan. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I met somebody at the Millennium Centre and she was telling me all the connections between um, the Wales and Japan and all the collaborations they've had. Um, what's that technique called? The quilting technique? Sashiko, I think. Sashiko? I think so, yeah. Sashiko. I'm looking for my book. Yeah. I think it's Sashiko, but there's one of the experts actually. Brimbo she lives Brimbo in Brimbo. Table. We found out that yeah. one of the British experts on this Japanese sewing yeah. technique lives in Brimbo. Yeah, so it's such a small world. But... Yeah. yeah, so... Um, and so they'd seen these paintings I'd done of uh, creatures I'd made up. And then they said, so how would you like to do your versions of sort of Welsh legends? So I did uh, Dwynwyn and uh, I did some characters of the Mabinoginion, um, St. David, uh, Merlin, um, Gellert. Okay. Uh, Gellert. Um, yeah, so they were really interesting to do. And they, they said they had no Helia, Helia Phoenix, who works at Visit Wales. She was so good. She said, I just want you to do exactly what you do. She gave me no input. She just told me the characters she wanted, and she just said, "You know, just do them." Perfect art. She was the yeah, perfect, perfect commission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, um, I did a lot of those. I think the last one I did was um, which um, Keffel Doer. I think was Ooh. the last one, and then I've done a lot of paintings of, like I said, Clamberis, Port Marion, Clangothlin. Uh, um, but and the interesting thing about those was that I'd sold a lot of those paintings to expats and people who'd moved abroad. Oh, and there, right. was somebody, there was somebody in Los Angeles who was buying a lot from me. And then one night on Facebook, he was asking me a lot of questions and he ran this company. And he said, do you ever do work for film? Have you done stuff for animation? And uh, he said, yeah, I've done a few things. And it was a company called Elastic. And um, they did the credits to True Detective uh, the Night Manager, um, a lot of the Marvel films, and I'd see their names all the time because they kept winning awards for credit sequences. So I've done so much work with Elastic on the strength of these these Welsh landscapes. Fabulous. And that's another interesting case of how something you've just done for fun mm. can lead on to something else. And it's always the stuff that you do for fun that gets you the interesting jobs. It's not the other jobs that gave the interesting jobs, bizarrely. Yeah. It is, it's a strange world when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it does happen a lot, yeah. But it is incredible, and, like, I... Well, I've 
at my house it's almost like it's a gallery for you two it's it's quite embarrassing actually um, <laughs> like I've got um one of I think I've got yeah I've got Dolly Wen up to the right of me anyway and I'm pretty yeah. sure we've got um uh some of the like the Beatles ones that you've done as well um what's his name oh yeah uh and all sorts we've got books and all sorts in here um like I said nice. it's quite embarrassing of how much we've actually got but there you go <laughs> We support, we support, we support, that's all, you know, I'll take it from there. Um, um, so sort of coming into near enough, hopefully, the end of this, after all of these uh, technical difficulties, what um, would you say to people wanting to get into the likes of illustration or even felt work or fabric work and bits like anything like that, really? What would you give um, advice or where would you run with it for yourselves if you were starting from a complete beginner now i think the key thing i would say is that a lot of people when they start making something is that they think it's going wrong and they stop in the middle of doing it and think because i do I, now I, I say to jonathan all the time this one's not working it's awful i'm gonna just give up on it and he goes oh no come on just carry on and carry on and those are the ones that i always think turn out really good at the end so i think it's really hard when somebody's struggling with something they just tend to stop you know, like people put mm -hmm. down projects all the time, you know, like you start making something, it might even be just starting to knit something or whatever. And you tend to stop in the middle of it because you think that you've either gone wrong or that it's not going as you thought it would. And I think the thing is, is just to get it finished, just to yeah. persevere and to finish it. Um, and then if it didn't work out, that's fine. You'll know next time when you start the next one, what, what it was that you needed to do. And I think that, um, I think it's really important because it's so many things that I then, gone on to like after I finished nearly ended up in the bin because there's a stage when you're making something where you think I hate this you know I mean not everything you don't love everything I mean and that's another thing is you know it's like when you're trying to judge your own work you're not mm -hmm. gonna love it you're not gonna love it or um probably not gonna love much of it really if it's your own work um but I do think that people not to give up and just to just to finish it um and again you it's just to it's just to share it with people um, because the amount of work that I've got by really strange, um, you know, from strange places, just by sharing my work online, thinking that nobody's seen it. And then obviously somebody's seen it and gone, oh, that would work really well, you know, if, if we did this, you know. I mean, we, we did um, we did Selfridge's windows, Christmas windows, um, 2012? 10, 10, 2000, 2010. Yeah, almost 10 years ago. And that came about because I posted some, you know, I just posted work on, I mean, just to cut a long story short, I, I was posting work on Twitter and um, Brick Smith, who was married to Marky Smith from before, who then owned a boutique in London, had seen some of my work, started to talk to me online um, just by chance and then said, oh, would you like to do our windows for London Fashion Week? Uh, we'd love to fill, fill our windows with your monsters. And so I did that. And then obviously that then led on to me doing Selfridges Christmas windows. But that was just by me putting work online and people commenting and stuff, you know. So I think you don't know who's going to see it. The, the key thing is, is just to you know, make sure that you share it um, so that then, it, you know, it can be seen um, because I think if you're sitting at home, and I think it's because of where we, I mean, we live in North Wales and it's really hard, but most of our work, not, not much of our work actually comes from North Wales. We get jobs from all over. And I think that's the joy of the internet now is you can really connect with people who might be looking for somebody that can do, you know, do what you do um, from anywhere in the world. And so that's, that's, that's the joy. And I think if you, if you keep sharing and keep posting your work, 
Um, you find like-minded people as well, which then can help you know, have an in and things. So, um, I mean, it's really hard. I mean, I don't. It's it's just one of those things where um, I don't quite know how how it came about. It just slowly, you know, it just yeah. slowly grew. I think that's the thing. I think just keep at it. If it's something that you love, and just keep going. Really, um, might be a little bit different for illustration work. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think about the same. Really, when I started, it was a case of having a portfolio of work. And then I'd have to phone up art directors, go down to London and visit different offices and show people my work. But really, I don't know if anyone even does that anymore. I think people have just found Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. And there are so many ways to get your work seen now. And so it's, it's a good thing because all of a sudden you've got this global audience. But at the same time, you're, you know, you're battling it out with mm. everybody else. Yeah. In the world. yeah. So if you were the type of person who thought, well, I can't really knock on a door. Mm-hmm. You were going to get your team, but now, really, you can be you can be an extrovert or an introvert. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, because... you used to have to be a lot of like face, you know, being able yeah. to, have to ring somebody or go and see somebody for real, which yeah. is quite terrifying. Whereas now, you can sort of you can actually put things online and, and run away. If you put your work online, you end up being part of different communities, and it's like such a I know it sounds like a cliche global community, but there are so many people I've met. And so yeah. many people from all over the world, and it all helps. Mm. And about, God, this is about 10 years ago as well now. But because, um, like your dad, a big fan <laughs> of Serge Gansburg, yeah, I've drawn Serge Gansburg a few times. And I thought, oh, he's got such a great face to draw. And I remember, I remember thinking about other friends of mine, I think, oh, what would, you know, a friend like Warwick, my friend, how would he draw Serge? Or how would... So I just thought, I'll put one online on a blog, draw Serge. And then I thought, I'll just invite people to see how it goes, see if anyone... Well, I was inundated with drawings of Serge Gansburg. And it was, when I looked at the stats, it was going crazy in Brazil and Russia and uh, South America. Somebody sent me an article from the Brazilian Glamour magazine, and they did a full-page spread on Draw Serge. But I met friends. There's friends now, really good friends I know in Berlin, a friend of mine in Moscow... And we all met through that through that blog. So it's just building those communities. When you do a certain type of work and other people like it, and then you find out who likes your work and it's you like their work too. You must have a similar, you know, you're looking at things a similar way. But I think that's so great about the internet. Oh, definitely. It is um well, other than like we said, we've had a few with all of this it is a great thing at the end of it um (laughs) eventually um but that's what I've enjoyed um sort of with this again like we said earlier I can now see a lot more people posting their work out out there and uh really using the internet to connect with people um not just for obviously with what's going on but with art as well and sort of now showcasing a lot more because they've got the time so our um co-host Heather has been doing um a hundred eyeballs so she was going to do it for as long as as lockdown happened but she ended she would have ended up having god knows how many so she's narrowed it down to doing just a hundred um sometimes doing one a day sometimes doing a few more and just doing completely different styles with it and messing around with different um doing it on pizza boxes and doing it on paper, card and adding mm. elements, paint, all sorts. So that's been yeah. quite um, fun to be following with um, with that aspect as well. And she's been posting all of them on her Instagram and on her Facebook and yeah. such. So, um, you know, and then by the end of it, everybody's going to have their own uh, mu- museums and galleries within their own yeah. homes. And it'll be great. Yeah. Be I can always yeah. have been watching the Grace and Perry's um, 
Grace and Perry's TV show, The um, okay. Art Club, because mm-hmm. that's 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 pretty good um, at the moment. Because that's you know obviously that's online galleries. Because you know we yeah. don't know how <laughs> what the future is going to behold for um, mass gatherings for a while. So I think a lot of stuff will be online. To yeah, and I'll be really interested to see what comes out of all this. Really, yeah. the thing is, I'm pretty. I mean, I I wasn't trained on computers, so I'm and I hate really don't like them for you know doing anything complicated but the good thing about like you said like instagram or something it's so easy to post a photograph with a you know with the description underneath and it's really quick like when you have to build a website that sounds a lot scarier doesn't it if you're having to build a website and things so at least if you've got some sort of presence um where you can post stuff um and you don't have to be a whiz you know computer although most People are computer with kids now. I'm just showing my age, not being able to to do that. But yeah, because I'm so old school as far as um, my sewing methods are completely. You know, I do I do lots of traditional um, artwork as as such. Um, there's no digital elements to my work other than the pull online. So yeah, so it's all magic to me. <laughs> To be fair, I, I, again, I'm useless with technology. I can use it for the emails that I need to send and yeah, yeah. doing stuff like this. That's it. I have no idea anything else. <laughs> but there we go. I right. Think so- I try and do some animations for um, the last show we did. And I was really, I was just praying that any sort of animation people that may follow me were not sort of cringing and thinking, <laughs> what is she trying to do? But I did some really, like, really, really basic stop motion animation with my phone just um, to sort of promote the show that we were doing. Um, oh, I thought they worked really well. And, yeah. yeah. And I had such lovely comments about them, but I kept having to feel as though I had to put this little disclaimer underneath to say, look, you know, this is like, I, you know, I don't, I've never, I had any training in any of this i don't know what i'm doing and please excuse because obviously there would be things that were like blaringly obvious to people who know mm. um, but they i found that really fun and it's quite nice and then you know you can make your characters move is always really exciting when you do stuff static so so that was really fun but um, i suppose with asha we were trying to sort of evoke sort of creepy 1970s kids tv yeah. oh. so so the sort of the homemade yeah. nature of the animation all added to it, it really. Sort of worked, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was that, that was quite fun, really. And again, it's you know you've got the, you've got apps now that can help you with that. I can't remember what this one I I use, but there's quite a lot of you've got you've got so much you know stuff available to you to mm. use as well to make it more fun. Um, it's great. You know, you'd have to set up a huge big camera years ago, wouldn't you? Yeah, to just, you, know, know. you can get an app. Yeah, now you can make a film on an iPhone. It. Yeah. So. It is. It's, it's amazing. It is. It, you know, it has benefited in, in certain elements with that, I think. And it is just amazing of how it all then slowly comes together hand in hand um, yeah. for different bits and pieces, I suppose, you know, and bringing that community together as, as yeah. well. So it's fabulous. Fabulous. Right. I will cut to a small music break and then um, we'll come back again. Welcome back. So um, it is coming to the last bit of our show. And this is where we sort of just ask you guys, where can people find you? Um, it was very relevant because we were just talking about social media. So that helps. Um, so where can people find you on websites, social media? Um, and what are we looking out for for the next few bits and pieces? Of well, the weeks? I work under the name Felt Mistress. So everything, Twitter, Instagram is at Felt Mistress. Um, website is feltmistress.com so that's relatively straightforward although i'm like like i said i update instagram a lot more than i update website 
but you know all the contact details and everything are, are on my website if anybody wants to get in touch um and i think as i say i'm just keep posting I've, i'm up to five at the moment so hopefully there will be more what do you um i'm calling my isolation creations <laughs> <laughs> the four guys so 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 have a look at that and then that's that's me. <laughs> well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, I'm, I'm John Tofsky, which I didn't realise it was it was just a nickname at the time. I just thought, well, what can I call myself? It's J O N T O F S K I. So I'm John Tofsky on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, and my website is Jonathan-E.com. Fabulous. So, and we both post on you know Instagram and Twitter quite often. Great, that is brilliant, and I'm sure when hopefully things start to go back to what they used to or the new the new the reality that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will be um up to date with all of your stuff such as workshops when when that time comes again and stuff like that. yeah brilliant thank you so much for coming on and talking to us on homeless worthy artists i really do appreciate it <laughs> no we've enjoyed it thank you very yeah. much and um, yes, hopefully that you stay safe, um, keep creating and have a wonderful time off as well as enjoy it as much as you can. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thank you very much. I shall see you both soon. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye, bye. Now, bye. I'm waving, I'm waving for, yeah. for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Homes Where the Art Is. Um, if you haven't already, do make sure you're subscribed on Anchor or Google Podcasts or wherever you like. And we'll be in your ears again real soon. <laughs>